Episode 304, The Secret Weapon of Hardship. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying in power. Bring on today's lesson. Hey, Elite Educators, it's me, Gretchen. I'm back on the mic, excited to talk with you this week about defining moments that shape how we think and feel and act and just take on life in the future. So buckle up for this ride. I'm going to share a story, a lesson, and practical tips to help you put it into action. Happy Thanksgiving, however you celebrate. I hope you just take a moment to pause and reflect and be thankful for all the good things, small things to big things. I know I'm thankful for all of you who are listening around the world who are applying what you're learning. Thank you for letting me fail for you. (laughs) And you can skip through life a little bit easier. And that makes me happy. I feel like I'm able to give back in that way. I'm so thankful for my family. I absolutely love my two daughters, my son and my husband. And of course, our dog. I am very thankful for friends and neighbors who allow me to celebrate great things going on in my life, who hold me accountable, who just get to build memories and live this life together. Uh, Definitely very thankful for health. When you've got three little people in school, no one's ever healthy. I've got aging parents, my husband's aging parents, and you just start to realize how thankful you are for people who are, for the most part, healthy, and I am very thankful for that, And, and obviously so much more. I've got to tell you, though, this season of my life, all kids are in some form of school, which allows me to do my full-time job of supporting teachers and leaders and speaking events and all the things. But I also get to make my own schedule so that I can go into my kids' schools and be the secret reader for the day and have lunch with them if I need to or chaperone field trips. And it's just been so fun being on the other side. It's like, wow, I can make an impact in this way that I never thought before, that when I'm going into the classroom to read, I'm modeling great reading behaviors. I'm using all my teaching strategies to showcase that to kids. Like, what a great opportunity. And just being in the school buildings, building connections with these teachers and and having conversations about instruction and just having fun, like on the field trip, just seeing the other side of education from a parent's point of view and knowing the hard work that goes in. The teacher had to send the slip that says this is a field trip and they had to tie it to a standard and they wrote a paragraph about what they're supposed to be learning. And that is just a lot of mental load on those people. And I'm very thankful that the district approved it and allowed us parents to come along. So this season of life 
I'm like thriving. I'm like this educator during the day while my kids are awake, but I'm also this educator mama when I can get into their schools. And it's like this very cool experience with my feet in two worlds. And I hope my kids don't grow up. I love the elementary school vibe. It's so bright. It's so colorful. It's so fun. So this is what I am most thankful for this season. Well, let's move on to the episode. My rationale that I wanted to share with you is something from our daily life. (laughs) Uh, My daughter was practicing her dance before going to class. Now, you probably can already assume As an amazing mother that I am, I have told her multiple times throughout the week, you need to be practicing. She has a handful of dances. Let's just say eight to 10 dances that she competes in on this team. And you got to keep all the moves straight, like what song is with what, what moves are with what, and you got to keep practicing to build the muscle memory. And you don't have to practice long, but it's more consistent. Like each day, practicing five minutes is to me better than on a weekend practicing 30 minutes because it's every day it's in your brain, it becomes old habit. So I'm getting on to her about that. Well, she gets to this one section of the production dance, which is all the kids in the entire competition team do this one dance together. And she could not remember the next move. Now she also has a solo and with a solo, the teacher will send the video so that I know what are the next moves that she needs to be practicing. So she asked me for this particular dance, where's the video? I need to know the next move. And I was like, we don't have one for this. This is production. They did not send it to us. I think you're just supposed to remember. And that sent her into a tailspin. I mean, just think about when you have a backup plan and then the backup plan's not available and you start to panic. Now also remember the timing of this situation. We are heading to dance. Like we just finished dinner. We're cleaning up plates. We're getting the water bottle. We're heading out the door. And she's deciding now's the good time to run it through really quick. And I'm like, fine, whatever. At least you're practicing. And now the panic of like, I can't remember. I don't know what to do. I don't have this video. And I'm like, deep breath. Let's think this through. What are our options? And she can't even think straight. I don't know if this happens to you when you're panicking. It definitely happens to me. My brain just stops. It just, it doesn't work. I can't move into solution mode. That is my husband. That's why we work. He solves problems all day long. So I said to her, well, we don't have a video, but is there someone that does know these moves that you could talk to? And so she rattles off a few names and she's like, but I, we're on the way to dance now and I can't, I can't talk to them and, and I'd have to see them to remember what the moves are. And, and so we're talking about calling versus FaceTime now. And now it's late. Like we got to get in the car. So I'm like, we got to figure this out later. Maybe it'll come to you. And so we're in the car. So not my best mom moment there, I realize. So now she's in the back of the car and this is only a 10 minute drive, but this feels like the longest 10 minutes ever as she is crying and hysterical she can't get it together I'm like you cannot go into practice like this you are going to now affect all the other dances that you do know because you're so hyper focused on what you don't know about this one dance my suggestion is when you walk in there find your teacher find a friend ask them very quickly what comes after this move And then it'll come back to you. Or when the music starts, it'll come back to you. Or as you're dancing, look around at everyone else dancing and it's going to come back to you. Sometimes things are deep in our memory and it takes a second for them to come back out. You have to trust you've been in this position before. It will come back to you. And she just didn't want to hear it. And so I said, well, then the next possible solution is when you go into your solo practice, 
which is right before the production practice, you tell your teacher at the end, I cannot remember this move. Can you remind me? And you would have thought I told her to confess her sins on live TV. I mean, she was like, so distraught. Like she would never admit this to her teacher. Now, some background, they're getting more and more serious on this competition team. And that means they're being a little harder on the students. And my daughter is someone that pays attention. She's a people pleaser. She's not going to act up. But other kids are getting in trouble for fooling around or really not trying their best. And so that sticks in her mind. It's like, they mean business. They will not let me be imperfect. I cannot make a mistake. And it is like, so not like that. But that's me and my experience of almost 40 years. So she has to learn this at the age of six. And we're going to learn it together. So... I tell her at the end, you just make the ask and then I'll wait around and be there and then you'll go to production and all will be fine. And she's like, I just can't do it. And I said, stop crying right now. Take a breath and focus on the solo because if you don't do well on the solo, then she's definitely going to be mad when you tell her, oh, by the way, I didn't know the solo, but I also don't know the production number. So she goes in, she's wiped her face. She's like, do I look okay? I'm like, no one's going to notice. She kills it in her solo. The end is there. I'm waiting outside. She comes out and I said, did you ask? And she said, no. And she immediately, her face is crumbling and I see the waterworks coming. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, (laughs) let's not do this here. And her teacher was right there and I said, well, go ask. And the teacher heard me. So she said, what do you need? I looked at her and she wasn't saying anything. I said, do you want to do this in private? And she said no. And the teacher realized something was wrong. And so she grabbed her hand and brought her into the room that they just came out of. And they're talking and she got, she's a teacher in a classroom too. So she's just amazing. She gets down on her knees, you know, eye to eye. And, and my daughter's bubbling out with tears and all that stuff and confesses, you know, I don't know this move. And the teacher's looking at her like, oh my gosh, you know, she's realizing this child's devastated and this is such a minor problem. But again, she's older too. She has life experience. Now I'm watching this teacher pick her up. My daughter's got her arms and her legs wrapped around this teacher like an octopus. And you can just hear the sobs. And she's patting her back and she takes her to another corner of that room where people can't really see what's going on. And then my daughter comes racing out, happy as can be, bouncing around. And I said, did you get it all worked out? And she said, yep, not a problem. Some people didn't make it last week. And so we're going to go over it. And then she just flew past me off to the production dance number and chatting it up with her friends like nothing happened. And here I am emotionally exhausted from the last 30 minutes of my life. We were on devastation's doorstep. And now all of a sudden, it's like nothing ever happened. And I'm like... Okay, so I just run out like flabbergasted, not even sure what to do about it. So I call my husband, debrief him. He's doing pickup duty. I want him to follow up. I want them to have a little one-on-one chat. Like, I heard something went down today. How did you feel about that? How do you feel about the solution? Like, what are you going to do next time? You know, like have their little moment together. And so he's like, oh, wow, okay. Um, I'm definitely going to have to talk to her about this because it's not gonna be the first time it happens especially now that she has a lot more dances and we got to get moved through this like fear of I wouldn't say it's honesty but it's like that that pleasing thing that someone's gonna not be happy with you and that's just a lifelong thing we're gonna battle because we know that's a piece of her personality and so he had his chat with her and she came home and she was very happy and she said production went great and the rest of the dances went great. So the next day I followed up with her and I said, hey, what did you think about, 
you know, what happened yesterday? Are you, are you feeling nervous about it? And she goes, well, I actually still don't remember that part, (laughs) but that's okay. I'm just going to, it'll come back to me and, and I'll ask if I don't know. And so I thought to myself, well, we didn't completely get the solution of, of what is the next step. She knew it yesterday after she had some time with her teacher and then she's forgotten it again. <laughs> she is six, uh, but she now has her game plan and she's not overwhelmed by the game plan of, of coming in and, and realizing I might remember in a little bit, like take the pressure off of trying to remember. Have you ever, this happens to me, tried to think of the name of something and it just, it's like blank. You're like, I just was thinking about it. I just knew this answer. You could even be asking me my name and whoop, out of my mind. And then as my muscles all calm down and anxiety goes away, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what that was. And so I told her, you know, it, it will come back to you if you start thinking about something else. But more importantly, the fact that she was able to say, like, I feel good about the plan of talking to them one-on-one, admitting I don't know something, like I don't have to make it a big deal. Hey, y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. So all is well, and I'm sharing this very lengthy story about my daughter forgetting her dance moves because... Here's the thing, we can create our realities, the reality that we actually desire. And when we are very clear on what we need or what we want, which is she needed to know these next moves, it's easier to brainstorm the solution, get the tape of it, ask a friend, listen to the music, tell the teacher, um, and then you can make the ask. As hard as it is to, to push through this hardship and ask for what it is that you need or what you want, you're more likely than not going to work it out. And it might not be the solution you ideally wanted, but it's going to get you much further along and in a better position than you were before anyway. So in my eyes, it's a win. And in this situation, it created a bond between the teachers. She got to have a really special moment with my daughter that now they both remember that this teacher is my safe place. And this child is a perfectionist and wants to do great. So I don't need to push her as hard in that area. It was a great learning lesson for everyone. And that's what hardships do for all of us. And so whether you are having a really hard year, you don't like your district or your school or your administrative team or your grade level team, or you got this rowdy group of students, just know there are things you can control. And it begins with your mindset that things can and will change. And, you know, maybe not immediately and maybe not how you and your mind think they should change. But an alteration is coming only if you're brave enough to make it happen. And let me just remind you, in case you thought you could, you cannot outrun hardship. So you better get used to it, using it as your secret weapon to create the life you desire. Now my daughter knows exactly what she needs to do when she gets in this situation. And even if the situation's different, maybe it's not dance, maybe now she's in the classroom and she cannot remember the answer, she forgets her homework, something goes wrong, something goes awry and she feels those emotions and she's about to burst into tears, she can remind herself of this experience that talking one-on-one with the teacher made it all okay and it all worked out and she can just walk over quietly, tell the teacher what's going on in the classroom and get an answer that she needs. So you can apply what you're learning, you're building 
the memory in your muscles and in your mind so that when you get to the hardship again, it might look a little different and might be in a different situation. You at least can rely on yourself. You've moved through it before and everything worked out. It might not be exactly how you wanted it to work out, but it worked out better than the situation you were currently in, which is awesome. So think to yourself, how can I use this situation in my favor? Whatever hardship you are facing, how can you use it in your favor? This worked for my daughter so she is better able to handle obstacles when they come. She now knows the emotions that happen inside of her, how they affect her memory, how they affect her performance, and what she needs to do to keep that at bay. What great life lessons. Here's the reality. You are not going to nail it the first time or even the first few times when you're moving through hardship. It's this muscle. It needs to be stretched. It's a skill that needs to be practiced. It starts with your mind and then your muscles, then your mouth. Mind, muscles, mouth, okay? So here are four tips so that you can start making hardship your secret weapon because we're not going to run from it. We can't. It's going to happen. And we want to be on the other side of it as fast as possible, like fast forward button, okay? Tip number one, expect it and decide ahead of time how you're going to move through it. So when you hit the hardship the first time, you're going to say, oh, I already have a plan for this, okay? I know what is going to happen or I've been there before so I I know the steps I need to take. So get out of your mind that you're never going to be in a situation that's going to be hard or frustrating or have a solution that you're not happy with. Expect it. And decide ahead of time. When that happens, I'm moving into this plan. Like execute plan. So step two now is embrace it when it comes. I've been waiting for you. I'm ready to jump into action. It takes all the emotions away because you already know it's coming. And once it comes, you're not like, oh, you again. It's like, oh, cool. I already know what to do. Boop, boop, boop. And we've moved through it. No big deal. Tip three, elicit a response. So that means you need to persevere until you've reached a solution that you can live with. Is this better off than where you were? Is this closer to what you desire? Did you get the solution you wanted? And then the fourth tip is just exchange gratitude. And here's why. You didn't get there alone. And you've got to remember that. It requires other people to be flexible and compromise. And so you need to take notice and make it known that you see that sacrifice. This keeps you in good standing if you ever need them to move mountains for you again. And I think it's important, especially with my daughter, that she expressed thanks. Thank you for helping me find a solution. Thank you for allowing me some extra practice time or for reminding me or giving me a second chance or, you know, just that appreciation reminds them that you notice that they had to take a step in your direction to help you. And it's not that you're using people and manipulating people. You acknowledge that they had to do something to help you get what you need. And you remember that in case they ever are in that situation. So let's review those four tips again to use hardship as your secret weapon. Expect it and decide ahead of time how you're going to move through it. Embrace it when it comes. Elicit that response that you want. That means you persevere until you get it. And then exchange gratitude. Expect, embrace, elicit, exchange. Yes, alliteration is flowing through me right now. All right, hardship isn't always bad. 
it's called hard, but it doesn't mean it's always bad. Sometimes it's the most rewarding. I mean, when you think back on all the twists and turns in your life, the hard things are what you probably remember because they shape how you think and you feel and you act and how you connect with people. And it's like, thank goodness for that. That was a really awful time in my life or I really hated that moment, but that was really pivotal in what was to come next. And without that, wouldn't come this. And so it is an opportunity for growth and it's not always fun. It's not as in enjoyable as a win or easy street but the fact is hardship isn't always bad it's part of life and like I said pivotal in how you develop and remember little people are always watching you the students around the school building are watching how you handle life especially if you are in leadership people are always watching I mean, I remember I had a principal one time on the phone, door was closed, I had a meeting with her, I'm waiting outside, hollering at her husband because there was a car issue, and the demeaning voice, I will never forget because she was not like that professionally, but once I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, she could she could turn on me, she could do this to me, and it stuck out to me as, okay, we have to remember that everyone's you know watching how we handle things and that probably wasn't her proudest moment she was frustrated from a million things that went wrong that day and she is human by the way and it just reminds us that hardship is a perfect opportunity to showcase great leadership skills and critical thinking skills and being able to stay calm and be solutions oriented and develop a plan and move through those four e's that I share with you and call it out to people who are watching. So use hardship to your advantage. And with a little guts and a determined mind, it gets easier to use hardship as your secret weapon. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on pushing through obstacles to achieve the life you desire to live, whether it's personally or professionally. Now go on and be great because you've just been empowered.